Happy Wagme Wednesday, folks. Welcome in to the Wagme Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, at Wagme Fantasy. Give us a visit on our website at www.wagmefantasy.com. Don't be afraid to subscribe to our newsletter. It is completely free. No gimmicks. We're just trying to help you win your championship. Nick Musto, good morning. Good morning. We're here pretty early today. Nobody else is doing this at quarter of seven in the morning. (laughs) I can guarantee you that unless they're overseas. Listen, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we are going to be posing an argument for who we think will finish number one at each position, Um, running back, tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback. Um, Weird, weird order to present the positions. Yeah, running. Yeah, that's the order. We'll (laughs) we'll, we'll throw a curveball in there for you. You don't know which one we're going to talk about first. Um, We don't know. Just to give you a little heads up. I took Eckler and Mark Andrews, Cooper Cup, and Justin Herbert as my number one finishes, and Colin took. No, nah, you're not gonna know. You probably oh, can assume. Yeah, yeah, you'll never. You probably guess. can assume it, but yeah, Brandon know. Cooks. Yep, yep. Uh, so we're we gonna start with running back, quarterback. Let's see. I'm thinking of a number one through four, and it is quarterback. All right. <laughs> What is he? What's so appealing about Justin Herbert this year? He's entering year three, finished as a QB two last year. Go on. Well, just to start off with Justin Herbert's first two years, insane statistics. He has the most completions, touchdowns, and passing yards for any quarterback in their first two seasons That's okay. in NFL history. Yeah, That's he's okay. only the first person to ever throw for that many yards and touchdowns in their first two years. So, I think that. With that type of efficiency and efficacy that quickly, he's going to improve even more if possible. Um, He does have a rushing baseline with about 300 yards last year. That offers you a fair amount of fantasy points per game. Um, He's competing with who many think is the QB1 in fantasy, Josh Allen who does surpass him in rushing yards. I was talking about Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Perfect 500 record. Um, uh, Allen's baseline is about 600 yards, so he does double him there. However, Herbert had 600 more passing yards last season, and that difference is roughly the same. The pass uh, double passing yards compared to half as much rushing yards it equals similar point totals. And I think that Herbert's rushing could go up since he saw a spike last year as opposed to his first season. He also had three rushing touchdowns, which I don't see how that varies that much because they do have a guy who is uber efficient in the red zone that we will be talking about later in Eckler. Um, He still has uh, QB QB1 finishes um, 12 times last year and then top 15, 14 times. So he's going to offer you consistency almost every week there were only three games last two games last season sorry that or three games gosh um where he did finish outside of the uh uh top 15 um this potent offense will climb um how and josh allen has lost uh important pieces to his offense reliable pieces like emmanuel sanders and cole beasley Sleep on Cole Beasley. He has an he has a role in the offense. Okay, so you want to know who Cole Beasley was when he entered Buffalo's offense? Same exact dude that Jameson Crowder is entering Buffalo's offense right now. 
Same veteran slot guy. I don't think there's really a personnel change whatsoever. And Emmanuel Sanders, come on now. He was like 35 yeah, last year. years old. Gabe Davis easily is better than him. I mean, if that's the case, why didn't we really see Gabe Davis take over that? Because it, it was his second year last year, and they still and they had John Brown the year before. They want to bring him up appropriately, mature him right underneath some veteran wide receivers. This is now his year, his third year. It's his time to shine in that offense as a wide receiver too. I agree with you, but I am making a case to not agree with you. So. I'm going to say that Gabe Davis stinks and that Emmanuel Sanders. No, is, that's not yeah, right. I know. <laughs> that's not right. Um, another thing is they did draft James Cook, and we also saw an uptick at the end of the season last year from Devin Singletary. Um, Singletary had a couple what, or running back, uh, top 12 running back finishes to end the season. Uh, 28 points, I think, was one of those stat lines, which is fairly viable, very viable as a running back. And I think that that workload could increase this year. They don't want Allen to take all the beatings. He scored like half their rushing touchdowns last season, which is insane. Um, so when we talked, when we did that mock draft Monday uh, at Nick Scheisty, shout out to you on Twitter. He's a big Bills fan and he did make a couple comments that they do not want to air it out. 650 times like they did last year maybe they're more inclined to run the ball especially since they strengthened their line they got david kessenberry and roger saffold from the titans but mm. i just don't see a world where josh allen isn't throwing it 600 plus times and running it 115 times i think he's as safe of an option to repeat as the top offender he's going to defend the top spot easily he's been the qb1 for two consecutive years he averaged 1.3 points per game more than Justin Herbert. And over the course of a year, that's a marginal gap. Like, that's pretty sizable. Um, only I, Cooper Cup, I mean, I guess the top running back, wide receiver, and tight end were separated more. But when you look at the quarterback position, one and a half points is a, a good chunk of change. So with the line improvements, with the rumors that they want to run the ball more, um, take a little bit off of Allen's legs as well, over under 600 yards, which is what he had last year, like 605, I think. So. He had 722, and he's he? going to smash that over. Yep. Uh, Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure it was around 600. He had 122 carries, and he averaged at least six yards per carry, 5.9, I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. Anyways, but that doesn't even matter. The no. rush yards isn't where the majority of his rushing – fantasy production comes from this dude had 31 rushing touchdowns in the last four years um top five in the league for regardless of position his rushing efficiency jumped to an elite level last year he had his highest marks in yards before and after contact last year and you know he lost his offensive coordinator brian dable but ken dorsey is now that oc and that was his quarterback coach ever since he came into the league um, the offense is going to be more tailored to him. They added OJ Howard, which, you know, it's OJ Howard. Nobody cares, but that's going to show that they're going to be able to add a little more spice in the red zone with those two tight end sets. Um, will that evolve into more rushing touchdowns compared to passing touchdown opportunities with two tight ends on the field? I don't know. But um, regardless, this is a very high powered offense. I see you or you talked about adding James Cook maybe in um, 
the realm of becoming a more of a balanced attack offensively. Singletary has proven that he really can't receive. So James Cook is a receiving yeah, back exactly. specialist. So I think um, this offense is tailored to Josh Allen. It was the highest powered one last year. It's going to remain the highest powered one this year. And that is why Stefan Diggs is going to be the top wide receiver. I mean, Josh <laughs> Allen is the top quarterback. Yeah, I know you're high on Diggs, but I think there's a couple guys that I'd take. Yeah, um, and we aren't going to mention Diggs on this one. We got we got the kings of the court for mm-hmm. the wide receiver position, but if there's okay, so let's go off topic. If there's a quarterback other than Josh Allen or Justin Herbert to get this top spot, who would your dark horse candidate be? Who has the highest percentage out of the field? Um, on paper and on based on ADP and consensus, he's, you're you're not going to see his name, but I think Russell Wilson will has a very good chance to finish as the QB one. He's done it plenty of times beforehand, and now Once. he's. Once, yeah, once. Oh, in the well, worst quarterback season ever. But I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought he's done it like two or three times. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I play with uh, 0.05 points per passing yard. So, yeah, maybe, okay. So get maybe, this. Maybe, get maybe this. that'll get this. So Nick was is a commissioner for one of our leagues, and the past two years he hasn't addressed his two league mates. He's just under the assumption we should read. Everybody the was told. I Everybody call bullshit because I saw that when I was looking through the rules, he has instead of one or for every 25 passing yards, it's a point that's standard. He has it for every 20 passing yards. It's a point. And this dude, like, I'm wondering why he's like loading up on Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan over the past couple of years. He don't tell nobody. And then he Listen. goes, he grabs the most air raid offenses out there. <laughs> You're damn right. I needed that advantage, but, um, Shady. They hate on the commissioner because in the last two seasons he's won it and then took second. So they hate greatness. That's all you can say. I'm like MJ out here. Oh, whatever. Um, two years ago, I couldn't even have a fighting chance. I drafted, let's see, Michael Thomas, Joe Mixon, Cortland Sutton. My whole team was Lamar. on the my, my whole team was on the IR by like week six. What, what were we just talking about before you started slandering me? Uh, dark horse quarterback. Oh yeah. Russell. So yeah, Russell Wilson, the one time QB one. Um, I can definitely see it happening again. He has a couple great weapons in Sutton, Judy, and even Tim Patrick. The running back room is great. The defense is great. I think that this team is just poised to have a great season. And usually teams that have great seasons, have great quarterbacks who finish at the top of their position. So I could definitely see a world where Russell Wilson finishes at least top three. Right now he's going QB 10. So I, he's, one of my favorite targets in the middle rounds is my starting quarterback. Who's yours? Sorry. Um, I would say if I'm going to pick somebody outside the top five ADP, it's definitely Jalen Hurts. He's got the rushing upside. He had 10 rushing touchdowns last year, um, 750 yards-ish, somewhere around there. I think with his rushing prowess, they added A.J. Brown, um, Zach Pascal, if you will – want to mention his name but their receiving room is much better than last year they have arguably the best line in the league that offense is going to turn into a fantasy juggernaut this year Jalen Hurts would be my dark horse candidate do I see a world where Lamar or Kyler um, finishes QB1 I can I I don't see Kyler because 
he just keeps disappointing me to end seasons. I get he, he gets finished injured. his QB two two years ago. Yes, so. and I had him, but dude, the end of the end of that season with the ankle injury, it was just brutal. It was like I he couldn't had, even start him. He almost. had multiple games over thirty points after his he returned. It was a weird year. Injuries were in and out. Kyler is definitely an elite option, but I agree with you. I'm not exactly even without Hopper. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like that's a big factor into why they struggled they just didn't yeah. have the same group chase Edmonds missed time james connor missed a couple games um injuries in and out i do see a world where they could finish as qb1 but i don't think it's that strong of a chance why is okay so you went justin herbert top qb why would his backfield mate austin eckler be the rb1 overall in 2022 i'm going to take austin eckler because of the receiving upside um I will take him number one overall if I am blessed with that position in the draft. Um, dominant offense with an improved offensive line, top 10 according to PFF grading. Um, Isaiah Spiller is the new candidate in that backfield. However, he's just another Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, Justin slow, Jackson. Big slow back. Yeah, they good, aren't. Good every year we hear, oh, this, this is the guy that's going to take goal line work. Um, and last year it was really proven that it, is Eckler's red zone, and he gets the touches there. I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, these guys, Spiller, Kelly, Roundtree, Jackson, they're all just safety nets. They're there for when Eckler goes out. Um, this team recognizes that Eckler is a top running back in the NFL, and they're going to use him. They know how efficient he is in the red zone. Um, 12 out of their 18 rushing touchdowns, Chargers' 18 rushing touchdowns, were by uh, Eckler. Two of them were to Jackson in Eckler's absence, and three of them were to Herbert. So who was the missing one too? Wide receiver running back. Uh, I think it, I think it was Joshua Kelly actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. It might have been. Just I think. Actually, it was in week one. I'm pretty sure when Eckler was um, limited due to hamstring. Um, but yeah, he had the second most red zone touches in 2021 and the most touchdowns out of anyone at any position, tied with Jonathan Taylor at 20, who we're also going to talk about in this little segment. Um, and that statistic, second most red zone touches and most touchdowns is insane to tar- or to couple with most running back targets and most running back receiving yards throughout 2021 as well. Um, so he gets the receiving baseline and he gets the touchdown baseline. I The only thing is that he only had 961 rushing yards last year, but that's really not his game. Um, Eckler and Taylor, the two guys that we're debating here, are completely different running backs. Uh, Taylor's going to get you 20 carries a game. Eckler's going to get you 13, but five catches. And I think they're receiving upticks actually this year as well. I like Austin Eckler's upside. Mm-hmm. So when we debate the top spot for the running back, are we debating the top spot in the draft overall for redraft this season? I think it's Taylor's going, you mean the ranking, like where, who is going if, to be ahead of who on the draft board? Yep. Would you draft Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler with the 101 in a standard redraft league? Uh, I'm taking Eckler, but I think that Taylor will be ahead of him. Just like appearance, he'll be up there higher. I I really, the case is compelling with Austin Eckler. He's a dynamic um, receiving and Mm -hmm. rushing dual threat back. So he's, he's had 90 catches in a season before last year. Wasn't even his highest receiving production, receiving producing season. Um, You would go back to 2019 for that. Uh, So 
I love Eckler. He came out really high on my projections. He might even be the top overall running back in my projections. But the way I am formulating my argument for Jonathan Taylor, if I'm at the number one overall spot, I am taking Jonathan Taylor because he is far and away less risky than Austin Eckler, anyone else you can take at that one-on-one spot. In fact, he scored a 2.0 in our running back risk records episode earlier this month, um, which factors in injury history, age, volume, team offensive identity. I know you talked to me about Naheem Hines maybe conflicting with Jonathan Taylor's ceiling. Um, but regardless of that, and, and also we took into account for a touchdown dependency, you talk about having 20 touchdowns, it's a hard figure to back up. And the receiving workload, and Jonathan Taylor scored a 2.0. You Only Najee Harris was less risky in our formula. Um, I think he's as safe as you can get at the top spot. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Naheem Hines. Um, rumors are out of Indianapolis that Reich wants to involve Hines more. Um, last year, he saw a career low of only 96 touches with Wentz. Um, and Wentz is infamously known for not using his checkdowns. He's a big boomer bust guy. He, if he's in trouble, he's going to chuck it deep. Um, he's not going to take the easy option. So I think that with um, another veteran quarterback, like when you look back at when the Colts had Phillip Rivers, someone who is prone to use their checkdowns because he's older, experienced, he's a veteran, um, Rivers or uh, Hines had his best season ever um, with uh, the mo his most catches and most touchdowns. Um, and then now they bring in Matt Ryan, another veteran who is prone to use his touchdown or to use his checkdowns. Geez, sorry, a lot of downs in that sentence. Yeah. Um, I, don't I would care. expect I don't, Hines to just know, be on the field more and have more of an uptick. Naheem Hines is bullshit. I don't care about him. Jonathan Taylor had 372 touches last year. At most, Naheem Hines is going to take away like 20 of them. I mean, it's not like Naheem Hines is going to become the feature back by all means. Jonathan Taylor had 332 rushes last year and he had 50, over 50 targets. So you talk about who's a receiving back and you think it's Naheem Hines. You actually don't know. Jonathan Taylor had 51 targets. I don't know what Naheem Hines' figure was, but it's right around there in that same ballpark. With Rivers, Hines had 63 catches. Okay. And that was with a veteran quarterback. So when that okay, and Philip Rivers also supported Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon to becoming the best receiving backs that we've had in our generation of running backs. That's Jake, true. And Matt Ryan has done well with dumping. Devontae Freeman Devontae was a Freeman, viable receiver. Kevin back. Coleman and yep, yep, Cordero yep. last year was but I don't care. JT is utterly amazing. He led in all rushing categories far and away in yards, opportunity, efficiency. He averaged five and a half yards per carry with 332 rushes. I mean, you can't combine that volume and that efficacy. Did I say that right? Efficacy. There we go. Yeah. Yep. And you get the number one running back overall. He had 20 touchdowns, 92 red zone touches. There's a good chance of him repeating with 15 plus touchdowns this year. Um, let me ask you a question. Who is more likely to re lead the league in touchdowns? Wow, that almost didn't come out. Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler? Um, I, I mean, you want to say Taylor because he's on the field a bit more than Eckler. He is slightly more um, gets a, he possession is. chair. But 
I think that Eckler is Eckler is more efficient in the red zone. Um, he had the second most red zone touches, and it wasn't Taylor who was number one. I forget who it was. Um, had to have been Taylor. It might have been Taylor. Yeah, Taylor than yeah. like I don't know Joe or Najee, but I don't think it's it wasn't Najee. The yeah. offense was never in the red they zone. In the red zone. But um, yeah, and then he's with Eckler. He's going to he can score from either catching the ball out of the backfield in the red zone, running it. He had a ton of goal line rushes to uh, six goal line touchdowns last year. Um, JT I don't know. I It's a tough question because we're debating the one and the two. And you want to know if, my if answer? one's going to have more touchdowns, it's going to be like by one or two touchdowns. You want to know my answer? It's Austin Eckler because he's in a higher powered offense yeah. and the opportunity is still there for both of them. Both of them hog the opportunity to score from the running back position in their offenses. I would say Austin Eckler has a better chance to have more overall total touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to outpace him on the ground. Yeah. But when you throw in Eckler's receiving prowess, um, I could I would put the odds in slight favor of Austin Eckler, assuming Isaiah Spiller isn't that all of a sudden goal line back compliment to I don't him. see that happening no nope. but um yeah I I agree I think the high-powered offense does help Eckler in that debate who moral of the story when debating who you should draft at running back between Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler if those are your top two guys because a lot of people think Derrick Henry or We're Christian, CMC, Mc, even, yeah. Christian McCaffrey belong um at that one-on-one spot I would definitely go Jonathan Taylor. He has zero non-COVID absences in his career. His injury risk is like minimum. He's only had two injury reports since 2017 when he first stepped on Wisconsin's uh, campus. I think injury risk is a huge part of how you should draft at the 101. I mean, look at you can ruin your season by drafting Christian McCaffrey. That's what I did last year and the year before. And so go Jonathan Taylor at the 101. He's safer, um, far and away your best option. Now, my pick for Dark Horse RB1 overall is definitely CMC. I mean, if he's on the field, he's going to be the number one overall. I think him at the four, that uh, injury risk is baked into his price already but I don't think I'd touch it at that value anyways. Points per game last year, uh, despite um, I think it was one or two games where he was limited or went out early. It was like 29 points. But per that's game. I don't, I didn't look that up beforehand. It's just off memory, but I'm, it was insane. It's like, only it was the like, highest. Yeah. And those four games that he yeah. didn't leave injured or was active or whatever, he averaged the most points per game, but you want to know who had the actual most points per game is that that's Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And so there's four guys and a lot, you know, Dalvin Cook truthers are out there too. My dark Argue. horse running back is Saquon Barkley. Ooh. I think that he's now healthy. He's the pictures on Instagram. Just, Oh my gosh. As a Saquon fan, it just, I got, I got, I ain't gay, but I got, I got, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got, I got one. Yeah. It's probably gone. Come on, bro. Yeah. I got one name in that same um, average draft position range and that's Leonard Fournette. I think he's going at RB 13 right now, just ahead of Saquon sandwich in between Saquon and Aaron Jones. I think he's got the opportunity in that offense to finish as the number one overall running back. Um, not a lot of people want to buy into that, especially since they drafted Rashad White, 
who has some receiving background from his college career. I just think the need is there. The familiarity is there. No Chris Godwin, um, no Gronk. There's some vacated targets in that offense, and they tend to go to the running back position. That's Leonard Fournette. Now, why is Justin Jefferson going to be the top wide receiver of 2022? Because he's the best. He's the most talented. He's had the most receiving yards since entering the league with 40 less receptions than Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup. That's insane to me. Mm -hmm. He's doing more with less. He averages over 15 yards per catch throughout his career. I think last year was 18. What's that? I think last year it was 18. No, last year was 15, but the year, was be- the year before was definitely 18. Okay. So I mean, I- he had 80 and 1,400. Mm-hmm. He led the league in air yards and deep targets, and that's not going to change. Now that Kevin O'Connell's their new head coach, four wide receiver sets are going to be implemented. And Justin Jefferson has been quoted saying it's going to be a passing-focused offense. So I love – it's all music to my ears – it's hard to argue against Cooper Cup. I mean, he was so phenomenal. He scored what? How many points more than the field? Like 80? It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to form an argument for Cooper Cup because everybody knows everything that he did last year. Like it's just repetitive almost. That's how I feel about Josh Allen and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, yeah. we're picking the best of the best. And it's like, duh, these are the yeah. duh answers. But if there's not going to be them, then who is it? Here's something. Um, the last four. Uh, wide receiver ones Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. Who did they have as quarterbacks? All good elite quarterbacks. quarterbacks. And Kirk Cousins is a 500 record. Now career. he's an elite statistician. Last year he had over 4,400 yards, 30 something touchdowns to single digit interceptions. He's a good quarterback. He is. However, Stafford's better. And Cup. Like a lot of people would say that, but I don't know. You, what's the difference between Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins? Probably. Stafford's supported Calvin John, the two greatest receiver seasons of all time. True. Calvin Johnson and Cooper True. Cup. I mean, the thing about Cooper Cup, too, what's great about him, um, Justin Jefferson is going to face the defense's top coverage every single route that he runs. So it's Cooper Cup. Who the hell? What, Cooper Cup p- plays in the slot. So it just it happens less that the top coverage is guarding the slot. Um, here's my little, my new term that I told you about. He's slotty. And I love slotty. slotty. He's slotty. What is that? What is he? Slotty. (laughs) (laughs) We love a slotty receiver. Slotty gang shit. Yeah. He's a slotty MF. Um, first in targets, first in target share, red zone targets, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, and even yards after catch. Um, which I did know kind of forgot about because when you look, when you just, I test it. Debo seems like he is far and away the well, best no yak shit. receiver. Debo had 60 less catches to have yards I know. after and then the catch. Debo's uh, receiving efficiency went down. and Well, not efficiency. His just targets overall went down in the second half of the season, and he ran the ball more. But um, it's not much to take away from Cooper Cup, though. He still had 120 more yak yards than Debo did. Let's summarize Cooper Cup in one sentence. He had the greatest – season of all time yeah for any position he blew the competition out of the water i mean 145 catches over 1800 yards was it 19 no it's, it, was, it was over 1800 yards and the 18 touchdowns i think it was 18 touchdowns yeah, yeah and 16 16 touchdowns 
and I got him at the 41st overall spot last year. I was very happy with him and what he did. I'm a Cooper Cup truther till I die. I might get him tattooed on my ass. Who knows? Actually, if I won the chain, I took second last year, and it was my first year in Superflex, so it was really fun. But if I won the championship, I would probably get Cooper Cup tattooed on my chest and ass. Um, but since we took that runner-up spot, not so much. I also had Cooper Cup last year. And listen, listen to this. So it was a three-receiver league. I had Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, one and two. And I drafted Calvin Ridley with my second overall pick. So he was probably the highest picked guy out of that. Yes, day. he was. And Calvin Ridley just failed me. But going into the season, if 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 say Calvin Ridley never gets depressed and bets on himself, blah, blah, blah. Um, Calvin Ridley was a wide receiver one talent last year. He could have been, he was not when he played. I was but, sold on him being the number yeah. one wide receiver overall. And I, so if I didn't waste that pick, I would have won, but I took second. Oh, well, yeah. With same Cooper thing, Cup. Same so we thing both with, took second with Cooper Cup. Same thing with Allen Robinson and me. Um, but look, Jettis had 167 targets. He talked about target share and target rate. Jettis had 29.9% target share, 28.5% target rate. Those are the elite of the elite marks. I mean, those are top three, top five in the league. Uh, it's just, you know, who had higher numbers? In, in Cooper, Cooper Cup. <laughs> but look, Jettis had one game below 11.8 points in yeah. 2021 cup had none um jettis had 10 touchdowns not even as the primary red zone receiver and i'm really just excited that this is such a young player it's kind of like both with quarterback and wide receiver um it's like this new toy this relatively new toy in josh allen and cooper cup or this shinier newer toy and Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson. And so you take Herbert, I take Jefferson. I love Justin Jefferson's potential to like break out into a new echelon of receiver production of all time, especially in the offense he'll be in this year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to use him as the focal point, not Dalvin Cook, even though both will be featured just as equally as the other. Um, I'm really excited about Justin Jefferson. If I'm sitting at the fifth or sixth overall and I can't get one of those elite running backs that I want, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. That's what I'm going to do. I'm sticking to my guns. I personally will not be doing that. I'm not going to shy away from the best receiver season of all time, even though it, it is due to some form of regression because how can you repeat Obviously. or beat that those numbers um may rob's there and cam Akers is in the offense so they uh, have robert woods and obj were there last year and right is a rob i don't think it's a strong <laughs> so at tight end we had an interesting dilemma last year because yeah. mark andrews stopped the five-year run of dominance of travis kelsey for the crown of that position um but i'm saying travis kelsey is going to regain the crown and be the number one overall tight end in 2022. He only had four games below 13 points last year. You talked about consistency. That is elite. He There's no Tyreek. There's at least 317 vacated targets from last year's Chiefs roster. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to need a go-to guy. There's no Tyreek Hill. You can argue Travis Kelsey has been that guy, but he surely is going to be that guy this year. And really, um, I don't need to talk about Travis Kelsey's excellence and consistency over the last five years as much as I have to reiterate that 
Mark Andrews is not going to repeat with 150 plus targets. A lot happened in Baltimore for that to happen. I mean, think they lost their starting, their top three running backs, all two torn ACLs or whatever. In a week span, they lost their top two linemen, Ronnie Stanley being one of them early on in the season. Actually, that was a week one injury. Their defense as well. And Lamar got hurt. They were playing catch up when Tyler Huntley was on the field a lot. Their defense was banged up. The Baltimore Ravens just weren't as assertive and dominant of a team as it was, they were. It was a bye season. For, for, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a bye season. Like they uh and nonetheless, they still finished at what eight, nine, or nine and eight and very close yeah. to playoffs. Um, so this year they're gonna be they could arguably be the best team in the AFC. I mean, like they were over the last few years. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, well, but the I AFC North maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see, yeah, the AFC is loaded. I'm not saying they're going to be the best, but Mark Andrews won't repeat the stat line. He churned out last year just because so many circumstances happened to lead the way for him to be the top overall tight end. Travis Kelsey in a normal year is going to finish far and away above Mark Andrews. So both Lamar and Patty lost their wide receiver ones for their offenses. Uh, the difference here. Do not compare Marquise Hollywood Brown to Tyreek Hill. All right. Well, exactly. Well, here's my thing. They both lost their top guy, their top target. Marquise Brown only had 0.1% higher target share than uh, Andrews last year, actually. But um. So they both lose their top guy. What do the Ravens do? do they, who, who, who'd they bring in? They're going to run the ball 35 times. Who Did they bring in any receivers, though? No, they exactly. have. Well, Rashad Bateman's healthy. And yes, he really but he was there team. before. So what did the Chiefs do? They brought in a handful of mediocre wide receivers. I would not say one of them mediocre, mediocre as fuck wide receivers. <laughs> in fact, below average wide receivers. And Travis Kelsey is the profound top target. That offense, but they drafted a receiver in Sky Moore. They it, went out and got Juju. Listen, they went out and listen, got MBS. Listen, listen. They lost Tyree Kill, Demarcus Robinson, and Brian Byron Pringle. That's three of their top four wide receivers. The Pringle, man. They need to replace them with somebody. You aren't gonna throw me on the field for them. So that's why Flag they signed football MVP. Hell yeah, I'm the best. Um, listen here, RMU, any Robert Morris University students listening right now, I'm the best flag football player in the league. I want you to prove otherwise. <laughs> so my point is the Ravens did not get any new receivers. The Chiefs did. The Chiefs are going to look to spread it around um, as opposed to just throw a lot of that target share onto Kelsey, who already has a large target share in the offense. With the Ravens, they lost their top guy who had 26.7% target share. That's going to be split primarily, but I think a little bit goes more to the running backs because they do have, um, now they have Dobbins back, um, who is able to catch the ball out of the backfield. You know what I think happens with those vacated targets? They don't happen because they threw the ball over 100 more times last year than they did the previous two years prior to that. There are four total teams in the history of the NFL with 3,000 rushing yards in a mm -hmm. season. Baltimore 2019, Baltimore 2020 are two of those. Yes, but I think without Marquise Brown, a lot of that will – some of it – some of it – Andrew's target share is going to uptick. I think that we can all agree with that. It's His share, to, but the pie is going to shrink to a point where it, possibly it's, yeah, it's I mean, not large enough to support the top. It's just hard to tell because last year they had Huntley for 
half the season. So, but um, yeah, Andrew. So with this offense being revamped, it's healthy. I think that there will be more scoring opportunities. I think a lot of that will be go, going to the running backs, but Andrews has proven to be a very efficient red zone threat. Um, he's going to, I think, catch more touchdowns this year. Last season, we saw a little bit of a decrease from Kelsey. Six less touchdowns than his previous season, 200 less yards, and 10 less catches, not a great number, but he did have 10 less catches. I think the yards and the touchdowns is more important. He went from 11 to 5. Um I, I think that Kelsey's getting older. I think you can see it on the field last year. He was slower. He wasn't as efficient as route running. That that efficiency rate dropped too, at separation at least. Um, best yeah. tight end in the league still, far and away, best tight end. Travis Kelsey, if I'm going to take a tight end in the first round or the early second round, it's going to be Travis Kelsey, not Mark Andrews. Um, if there's a dark horse tight end to finish as a number one overall in the position, it there isn't one it's going to be one of these two guys i mean unless if something catastrophic happens to both of them i think they're in a tier above everybody else and i don't see anybody contending with them um i think travis kelsey i'm gonna say he's in a tier above mark andrews who is in a tier by himself as the a tier kelsey can be the s tier we didn't do our dark horse wide receivers who can finish as a top spot um do you have a do you have a name? C D Lamb. That's a good pick. I'm gonna double down with my dude Stefan Diggs. I think he's the safest option outside of the top two wide receivers. If you're gonna draft the third wide receiver in the draft in the late first round, go Stefan Diggs. He has the highest probability of repeating as a top seven wide receiver. Um, that's what he was last year, and that was very disappointing to fantasy owners. His floor is very high with Josh Allen. Um there we go. We made the case for probably the two, the most popular two contenders for the top spot at each position. Um, I'm going to say Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey are the top overall at their position for 2022. Nick, your list is Eckler, Mark Andrews, Cooper Cup, and Justin Herbert. Um, I would like to just touch on CD Lamb as the, my dark horse real quick. Um, he, there's a lot of people saying that CD lamb is not that elite talent he hasn't proven it yet in the NFL. Um, I think the athleticism is there. I think the receiving is now there. <laughs> I love making, I love making um, stupid faces. It distracts. It makes me laugh. And then I lose my train of thought. Um, um, <laughs> CD lamb. CD lamb. Well, well, oh, so yeah, if you're drafting, um, you can get CD lamb in the middle to the end of the second round, even sometimes. So if you're able to get a top running back, um, I think that, that that's a great strategy. It's what I did last year with taking Eckler in the first round and then taking Cooper, or, uh, not Cooper, Calvin Ridley, sorry. Um, late in the second round as my second pick, I think that you want to find that wide receiver talent in the second round that has the upside to finish as wide receiver one. Once you get a stud running back, I think that's the best method right now in this um, climate of fantasy football. I would take um, CD over a handful of names after. If you go past Jamar Chase, I take Devontae Adams. I probably would too. Yeah. Um, but that'd be too um, vulgar for most fantasy owners. Yeah. So you could probably argue, you can definitely argue Chase, Adams, and Diggs over who are we talking about cd lamb mm -hmm. but beyond that i think cd is the sixth wide receiver in my rankings 
That's where I have them right it's now. It's a fair ranking. We are going to end this one up. Um, this is a fun one. I love debating guys at spots. Our next episode is going to be a fun one. Also, tune in. Um, don't forget to follow us on our socials, Twitter, TikTok. Oh, I have Facebook too. I forgot to mention that. At Wagney Fantasy for all of them. Um, our Facebook page is going to, we're going to have groups on there. I'm just learning how to use the app. It sucks um, in my opinion, but we're going to have Facebook groups for our content and visit our website. Don't be afraid to subscribe to our free newsletter, Winning with Wagney. We're going to show you what it takes to be a championship contending manager year in, year out. That is at www.wagneyfantasy.com. We are done. We'll see you next time. Happy Wagney Wednesday.